This episode is about betting on yourself. That's right. Life can be thought of similarly to a casino. Uh, there's probabilities of different outcomes and certain things that we can do can increase our odds of being lucky, uh, increase our odds of a successful outcome. And one of those things inherently is taking a bet on yourself. It's believing enough in yourself to take a risk, even if it may not make sense to someone else. Uh, so this episode, I am uh, got a chance to interview Josh Agundu. Uh, he is a uh, entrepreneur, recently left a job he had at TikTok uh, to start his uh, own company, Heart to Heart, which is an audio-based dating app. Um, and he also started uh, <clears throat> a TikTok presence. He's got a, a pretty cool following. He's got uh, several thousand people that follow him there on TikTok. He makes satirical workplace Silicon Valley um, videos. Highly recommend you check those out. Um, but he also, um, you know, made a bet on himself when he left the Midwest to come to California. And so he's in a very enviable position. He's doing a lot of really cool stuff. But each one of those outcomes required him to be willing to take on some risk and to be willing to, uh, you know, bet on himself. So uh, I, when I look at myself and where I am today. A key decision uh, involved me actually leaving my job. The very first job I had out of college, I left um, with nothing lined up. I had uh, the intention to get a job uh, before I moved back to California. I was li living out of state and um, ultimately said, hey, I'm still going to bet on myself. And that was the best decision I could have made, uh, staying in a position where I was not uh, happy and not utilizing my talents in the best way, nor was it putting me on a path to really where I wanted to go. So that was a bet that did pay off. Um, really glad that I made that decision. And even now, as I look at what that next inflection point will be, there will be another bet that I will be making on myself as well. Uh, look forward to updating you guys and telling you a little bit more about that in a future episode. But this episode is, is really all about that betting on yourself. It's something that we're not taught about in school. I think a lot of the institutions want us to place our faith our trust so much in them, uh, our employers, our, our schools. Um, but really to get that outsized return, right? Uh, you know, if you look at a guy like Jeff Bezos, for example, he had an incredible job working in Wall Street and he made the bet to leave to go, you know, and create Amazon. And, uh, you know, now he's, you know, the richest man in the world. So sometimes you got to leave something that's good, something that's known, that's really great and, and trust your gut and make a, a big decision to, to go jump for it. Uh, and, and, and go for it. Uh, and so this episode, I talk with Josh uh, about his personal experience, how he thinks about uh, sizing up opportunities and looking at those things and using that, uh, his, not just his, his intuition, but also, um, you know, using information to make a decision on whether or not you should make a bet. You're listening to I Wish I Knew. I Wish I Knew. I Wish I Knew. The I Wish I Knew podcast with your host, Jonathan A. Graham. Josh Gundu, so happy to have you chatting with me today. You are a man of pretty popping status, if I would say, you know, on social medias. Got a little bit. Twitter, <laughs> TikTok, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate you making the time. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. I'm always down to like chat with other folks about, you know, uh, navigating spaces and all that good stuff. Dude, so I want to talk about betting on yourself. For, fo for folks who do not know, you absolutely need to be following this guy because he's funny as hell. And that's number one. Number two is he's authentically giving good game. And the way that he does this is wrapping up 
really solid advice and palatable short, you know, f- short form content, right? Yes. If you're not on, on Twitter or not on, on TikTok, you need to be, you need to be following him. Um, particularly most recently you left an awesome job at TikTok and left to go bet on yourself, right? You're starting to start up. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute right now. Okay. Well, well yeah. So yeah, I, I was most recently at TikTok. I was there for a couple of years working in product operations. So I was a product operations lead, um, specifically across trust and safety and TikTok for good. Uh, trust and safety is exactly what you think it is. How are we building features and processes internally that to keep uh, users on the platform as safe as possible? Uh, TikTok for good uh, was like, how can we lose TikTok as a platform to do good in the world that's not connected to like profit or revenue, right? So first thing under there is like donations. So expanding uh, our donation feature set across the globe um, via short videos, live stream, and, and your profile, being able to, r- people could raise money for different causes that they care about across the globe, uh, both creators and, and, and NGOs, non-governmental organizations. Um, and then we also had accessibility, which is make, making sure that no matter uh, who you are, you're able to leverage, t- use TikTok and, and get value from TikTok like any other um, able-bodied person. Um, so that's kind of the work that I used to do. Um, and now I'm the, the CEO of Heart to Heart. Heart to Heart is an audio-first dating app that lets people tell the story behind the pictures in their profile. So what we're really looking to do with Heart to Heart is to bring a level of fun, uh, intimacy, intentionality, and authenticity back to the world of mobile online dating uh, across the U.S. and across eventually across the globe. So that's kind of what I'm, what I'm up to nowadays. That's awesome. I love it. Now, you are a person that has bet on yourself. I found out about you by watching your TikTok videos, which are dope. And you clearly got over a hump. Maybe, maybe you didn't. Maybe you've always you know, knew, knew that was what was meant for you. For me, I'll tell you, for me, launching this podcast, it involved me getting over a hump of being judged, being feared, uh, of you know whatever imaginary haters in my head right yeah um the importance that i want to talk about here on this episode is betting on yourself and i believe that you have done an incredible job of doing that right by putting yourself out there number one so that folks could appreciate you and all the awesomeness that you have just in your natural personality yeah but two you're also a very smart guy very strategic very methodical right you've gone to business school You've done, you know, understand the frameworks and all the case studies and have taken these things. I'm curious about how you apply those to how you make decisions on your daily life. Can you talk a little bit more about both of those? Uh, which one do you want me to go first with? Let's talk about the personal level. Yeah. So on a personal level, you're asking like what, you know, the things from my background, how has that made me, uh, made it for me to bet on myself? Yes. Yeah. I would say for well, me, let, let's, okay. let's, let's actually talk about you even moving to LA because you're a Midwest guy, right? Correct. It's from Michigan. Okay. So I think you had a tweet one time. I saw you said that you basically took a, took a bet on yourself. Um, 12 bucks an hour coming to LA. Yeah. Right. Let's unpack that. Yeah. So, uh, coming to LA was, was an interesting one in itself. So I went to be, I went to B school at USC. Um, so, uh, that was like, you know, a whole you know, moving from everything you know to come to out here because this is the place you think you'll be able to make your mark. Uh, so for me, I moved out here because I have affinity for entertainment and technology as, as folks can sense from my background from both working in product in tech and now creating videos, uh, satirical ones about, about the industry. Um, so that was a bet that uh, when coming to somewhere new, the experiences that you had previously will help you catch your footing, which is what happened for me. Um, so had working, working in product before I moved out here, I already had some experiences, not only from working where I worked at, which is US News and World Report, but also 
uh, building my own, my first startup called Like Me. It was like an identity and interest-based social network that we launched on iOS once I graduated from undergrad um, the week after. So having those experiences, like, okay, like I got these solid experiences. I feel like me coming out here and then also going to USC and being in LA, you know, that opens a whole network and, and, and branding that could be, be helpful. I was like, okay, I think I can do it. Uh, so that's what got me over here was like leaning on that. So uh, to the $12 an hour uh, tweet that you're talking about. So that's what I was interning at um, Boeing Go Wireless. Um, uh, they're out here in Westwood over here in LA. Uh, they do the uh, Wi-Fi in the airports um, in the uh, stadiums. So if you're ever walking through one of the airports here in the US um, and, they're, and you're trying to get on the Wi-Fi, Boeing Go is the ones that do that. I interned on their product management partner services team. Uh, you would think that they would not be paying product management interns $12 an hour, but they did. Uh, it was an interesting time. Um, the, the betting on yourself that really happened there was that I didn't, I knew I wanted to build my career in LA. I had, I had more full-time leads and, and more offers coming out from, uh, from, the, from San Francisco. But I was like, okay, if I go to SF, all I want to do is move right back. So I might as well trying to make it work with what I had, what worked in the way that, it, that I can do here. So that was, that was kind of the thinking there is like, if I leave, I'll just have to come back. And if I can stay around here long enough, I'll probably get something that's come, that's going to come. Funny enough, after I made that decision, within, within like probably like a, a month and some change, I had like started at my new product job, uh, which is that burner uh, ran by Greg Cohn. He's a very solid dude. Um, and uh, that's, that's like... I, that's how I knew I, you know, I made the right decision. But what I do think you actually need to bet on yourself specifically in that environment is getting signals that it will work out. So if I wasn't getting any interviews in LA, I would have not stayed in LA, but I was getting signals that I would be here. Like, okay, I'm interviewing here. I'm interviewing here. I got a phone call from this one. I got a rejection from this one. So getting signals early on that it would work out if I just stay the course was helpful. Now doing it with no signal at all, it's not something I've personally done. I usually do things with a little bit of signal before I do it, like uh, at least in the you know twelve dollars an hour versus full time salary in tech way. Um, so that's kind of the way that that twelve dollars an hour went down. Okay, okay, this is great advice. So I think that what you're saying totally makes sense to me, but it will be subjective to some people, right? How do I know if I have a good signal? Meaning, yeah. When is the market telling me something versus when is God telling me something? My yeah. mama told me I was good at something. Because <laughs> your, mother, your mother's your mama. I think the signal that you really want is one that does not have a personal connection to you. Um, so to unpack that on both ways, say you're creating content, you want people to like your content who does not, who do not have a bias towards you because they know you. Um, you on the on the job side, um, you can really feel that out. If no one's giving you a call, then there's something going on. Your parents can say they believe in you. Your friends say, oh, it's going to work out. But until a recruiter is hitting your email saying, hey, we want to set up a phone screen, uh, the, the, the signal might not be as strong. So that's the way I personally done it. It's taking very like straight, tangible ways of looking at what a signal is and not letting like my um, either the people closest to me uh, try to help me see a signal that may not be there. I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I'm going to take that and put my own. Yeah. reframing on it because this is touching on a point that when I, you know this whole podcast is called i wish i knew all the things i know now that i wish i knew earlier it's about the importance of self-awareness and i think of that self-awareness being a super skill 
because you cannot rely on other people to point out all the gaps that you have or expect everybody else to help you. Ultimately, it's on you. And this is where self-awareness is so important in that I've got to be able to do the work and step back and understand, like, do I really have a gift for this? Am I really as dope as I want to be? Do I think I am? Do I have a problem getting along with people? Is it really everybody else's problem? Or maybe is it me, right? And those are the reasons why I think being self-aware is so critical for being successful in anything, because if you're not able to answer those hard questions for yourself and be able to do that work, it's going to be a limiting factor. And so exactly. everything that you just said all involves being self-aware, right? You knew, hey, am I getting feeling, am I, am, is, is the market feeling me when I go for these job interviews? Am I getting signal for when I, when I you know, get traction out here in the market? I, I, exactly. I think that you nail that exactly. Exactly, exactly. Cool, cool, cool. So going to business school, a lot of people got you know, opinions about formal education being a waste of time, horrible use of money. Yep. I think that you've had some tweets saying, and, and actually showing a lot of good data, showing that there is value there. I will say one of the things personally, as a person who grew up from humble beginnings, especially as a black male in America, I feel that there's a premium that's associated with brands. And I wish I had known about that earlier. And so I think that other people should know that too. I think a lot of the folks who say, you hear them talking, uh, yeah, it's okay to not go to college, college is over waste. And then you go look at their bios and they went to Stanford. Elon Musk okay. is one of those big people talking about that. He went to Penn and he went to Stanford. And the first company that he founded, his co-founders, you know, Peter Thiel and Reed Hoffman, Stanford. who were part of the PayPal mafia, all went to Stanford with him. Correct. I'd love to get your, your input on that and how you made that decision to invest in going to college, you know, at, at the graduate school level. And even yeah. do you think that it's still, even in 2021, approaching 2022, you know, right around the corner, does that still make sense for folks to think about college? Yeah. So I will say yes on college. And I know that this uh, question is going more from the graduate school level for, versus the undergrad. So I would just lean into it from the grad school level. Um, I do believe that grad school, I can only speak to B school because grad school is very wide on what grad school is. Um, I think B school is something that you should do one, if you feel like you want a career change or you feel like you want to build your career in a different part of like the, the U.S. or the world or something like that. A lot of it is like a, a switching thing more than anything else. Like if you, are you switching careers, are you switching regions? Are you switching something around? It's really like uh, a reskilling and a rebranding uh, is the way that I looked at B-School. Um, so I focused on entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial stuff. So it was like me, I was just diving deeper into what I already knew. Um, a lot of people are diving into things that they don't have a lot of context around and stuff like that. So uh, I do think that's just B-School as a concept. Um, but like B-School brand, of course, go to one that people know of. Um, and funny enough, I don't think everybody should have to go to like a top, uh, like an M7, top 10 kind of B-School to get value from it. Um, you kind of, it's very much so more location-based than people give credit for. So say you're trying to really get it going in, I don't know, let's say you're just trying to be in Ohio. You're trying to be mm -hmm. in Ohio. You're trying to like have a network in Ohio. Go to Ohio State. You don't need to go anywhere else. Everybody, and especially you trying to work in Ohio, that's what people know. That's what people go be having an affinity to, networks to. Um, similar here at SC, but SC also, also has like a, a greater like international brand than, than the one I just said. But um, that's kind of how I've looked at it. And I do think brand does still matter in 2021 going into 2022, um, both like education-wise and um, professionally. Um, so the reason I think they still matter and they matter for the same way is that People, people are really um, driven by perception. Um, and what, so, that, so that's the first thing. 
is that perception is a part of it. So it's a branding thing. So it's like, okay, did you go, you went to X school, you studied Y, let's like at least have the conversation. Now, after that, you know, who knows what's going to happen after that? You kind of actually have to be able to steal the deal. But be able to get past that first, first read is what happens with, with brand generally, like externally. But the way you can leverage brand is like literally the people you went to school with. If the people you went to school with also get pipelined into big tech, like they go from Stanford to Google to Facebook to Microsoft to what have you. The people you went to school with are going to be the same people that are like, oh, bet I'm going to go to this startup. I'm going to pull you over. Oh, I'm, a, I'm hiring for this thing. I want to hire you. Like it's all that kind of like brand thing. And that thing, I would say that specifically I see happen at hyper growth startups like the Airbnbs, the Ubers, uh, the Teslas of the world on the, on the company side as well as big tech. But I also see it on the education side. You see, if you look at founder, if you look at founders and especially if you look at executives um, that people actually are hiring from, like a lot of these are either pedigreed professionally or pedigreed ed educationally or both. It's one or the other. And it'd be very like, it's always very interesting when people don't believe that happens when all you have to do is look at LinkedIn. Facts. Facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all you have to do is look at LinkedIn. I think you you have a great point. And this is literally a point that I wish I had understood better earlier. I had had a scholarship, actually, actually to USC, I had a scholarship for 16 grand a year mm. as an undergrad and tuition was 34 grand a year. Oof. And all I could think about was, well, that's 18 K gap. So I thought it's better to go to state school, you know, for that purpose. So I could not have debt, but I believe that brands and networks matter and they both compound over time. And as a 18 year old, it's hard to understand the value that's projected out 20, 30 years into the future. Right. Um, now I do, and now I get it. And that's what I want other folks to understand is that there are certain schools, certain brand names, certain networks that are worth paying a premium for. And people do discount yeah. that, that part that you just said about compounding over time, people think about, oh, like, Oh, what's, what's happening after 22? You're not thinking about people not doing it to think that 22, they think about 32, 42, 52. Like that, if you look at long-term and you compound it over time, it's only going to get stronger and better for you over time. So it's Correct. like weird that people don't think about that kind of thing. I'm so glad you brought up the time thing because I don't think people think about the time horizon that you can get the benefits from. I think that's it, it critical for evaluating any investment. 100%. It's understanding. So if you understand basic, time value of money, um, IRR, which is uh, internalized rate of return, which is basically seeing how well something appreciates yep. over a given time and then adjusting it for the amount of years that it took to get there. You get appreciation for understanding the, this trade-off with return and time and that the longer that you wait, the more time is working in your favor with the right investments. Yeah. And um, this is like really something that, when you pick the right investments, and if even if you look at Wall Street, I think there's a, a incredible book that I'm just finishing, uh, The Psychology of Money. There we Morgan, go. Morgan Hustle. That's a good um, book. Such a good book. One of the top books of 2021. Definitely, if you yes. don't have it, highly recommended. But in there, he actually talks about Warren Buffett's net worth. And there's a graph that shows, like, basically, I mean, the guy's about 90 years old now, but the bulk of his net worth, uh, well over 80%, ended up coming after 55. Yep. And it's all the foundation that he laid. And for years and years and years, you know, you see this guy who's like missing out, missing out 
on the hottest, the latest and greatest thing. He's investing in railroads. He's investing in candy shops. He's investing in insurance companies. Yep. But his, his safe and steady returns that are just continuing to compound year over year after year end up kicking in and blowing out all the latest and greatest, you know, whiz bang uh, investments. And that to me crystallizes the importance of compounding and why you want to invest in things that can compound and relationships are one of those and brands are the other, right? And so yeah. that's how I think about when choosing a school, understanding what brand and what network would I potentially be buying into? Correct. And if I'm going to make a bet on myself, I'm thinking about that as well. Yes. Cool. So you also had a post that was talking about getting lucky. Yeah. And we were talking about it in the sense that we're not talking about, you know, getting laid, but you said luck drives so much of what happens in our lives. Luckily, you can do things that will increase the probability of being lucky. Yeah. So I believe this. I don't think that we have control over how tall we are, where we're born, what time or year we're born, um, our genders, any of those things. So I do believe that there's a lot of luck uh, that does go into life. But I do believe that decision-making makes a lot of this as well. On the degree of luck specifically, how can we get more lucky? Yeah. So the way I always like frame luck is also through that probability piece. You can, okay. do, you can do things that can uh, increase the probability or decrease the probability of the outcome that you seek. Um, so that's what I look at when I think about luck. It's like, how are you, are you putting yourself, are you, are you putting yourself in situations or making decisions that are increasing your probability of the outcome you're thinking? And that's how you're like, oh, you're getting lucky. You're just, you're just, you are using decisions to increase the probability that luck might strike down on you. That's, I mean, in startups all the time, People stayed in Silicon Valley because they're like, if I stay here long enough, I'll get lucky enough to either join this company or found this company. And then where I'm good, you know, financially, relationshiply, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, that's how I look at the luck piece. It's like the decisions you make, the spaces that you put yourself in that are increasing the probability of a lucky thing happening to you. I think as you put that, it's a, a great point. And particularly as you, it applies to companies and working in Silicon Valley, right? And um, so one of my favorite books is uh, by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. And in there, I think he talks about uh, his poor dad, who's the guy who overly invests in just formal education and not understanding the bigger game. He says that nine out of 10 businesses fail. So that's why you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Whereas his rich dad says that if nine out of 10 businesses fail, start 10 businesses. And in Silicon Valley, there's a phrase that goes, uh, basically, you want to fail early and fail often. Yeah. And it's basically your, it, the point of that. And it took me a while to really understand that. The point of this isn't to say that we want to avoid failure or that we even want to fail unnecessarily. Yeah. The point is to say that if failure is inevitable, we want to get there as quickly as possible and not take any extra time unnecessarily. Yeah by doing that so that we can take that failure, use it as a stepping stone and learning lesson, and then move on to the next one. And attaching this back to you getting lucky, I worked at a, a startup. Um, it didn't work out, but a number of friends that I met from that have now moved on and are doing great things in their career, which are highly advantageous. And one of those people, and, 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 and as, a, as a case in point, the CEO of that found of, of that company that I worked at, I remember him being friends with uh, Garrett Camp, mm. who was one of the co-founders of Uber. 
And prior to uh, Uber being founded, you know, Travis Kalanick, who was the CEO, he had started two failed companies. And basically, because of one of the previous failures in which he was an angelist investor, it provided the connection for even being associated Uber, and now that resulted in billions of dollars. So G Garrett Camp had previously previously worked on, you know, stumble upon. Mm, um, so my point being that many of these perceived failures, if you don't have the right mindset and understanding them, and that in terms of getting lucky, you should basically be thinking about these jobs as lottery tickets, right? As the connections of highly ambitious, highly connected other individuals that are working on interesting things over time, you can't price them immediately, but there's right. value there. And all you can do is do your best work where you are at that time. Mm -hmm. So that folks, when the time comes for someone, whoever, whether you work in marketing, whether you're a kick-ass at, at, at data science, whether you're awesome at, uh, you know, front-end engineering or you're awesome back-end engineer, right? When people need someone to build out that next great thing, they think of you. Yep. And when I think about things through that lens, it's like, well, whether this startup works out or not should not be the only metric that you prioritize something on in terms of thinking about it. It's the skills that you gain. If you're, even if that startup is breaking into a new industry, for example, so we see web three right now, right? Yep. You see a lot of bunch of money going into uh, metaverse, right? You're not, sh VCs aren't sure which company is going to win. But if you have transferable experience with comp one company in that space, right, you don't necessarily know which way that will be monetizable or directly beneficial. But I will guarantee you that if the overall uh, economy and the industry is rising, there will be options for you if you've done well, right? Even if that individual you know, company at the atomic level fails. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, th th these are the, literally the things that I wish I had understood because when I was you know, I think a lot of folks who may not have the parents that understand from this generation, yeah. right? They're coming from a much more risk averse mindset, right? Go find a good government job, go find a job yep. that is teaching, that is going to be there with an employer that, you know, has been around for 50 years, hundred years. That's, that's an option too. I'm not going to say that, that that's not worth consideration, but they, those type of companies can't provide the same upside. Yep. That's and true. when you think about asymmetric bets and being able to have, you know, one unit of risk on the downside for five units of risk on the upside, particularly if you're earlier in your career, that is a bet that you want to make. Yeah, I agree. So, um, Josh, this has been great. Um, obviously this podcast is called, I wish I knew all the things I know now that I wish I knew when I was earlier betting on yourself being one of those, right. You're talking about how to get lucky yeah. betting on yourself and how you actually, you know, made those things. Are there any other things that you would, else that you would share with other folks um that you know now that you wish you knew earlier um i think another thing i would share is that um when looking to make connections with folks um don't always just ask for stuff i think when you're first coming up you're trying to like hey can you do this for me can you do this for me things like that um like you want to if you're gonna have an ask please have a way that you can potentially provide value to that person as well. Um, I think that's something that I think that's how mutually beneficial relationships come to form. And those are the ones that end up standing like, I feel like more so the test of time and things like that. Um, if you do ever ask for someone that looks like they're probably busy, ask very succinctly, like the, 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 the quickest way they can get to the question and ask, uh, the better. Uh, given like a whole story fight uh, uh, reason why you're hitting them up is 
just gonna not make not make people read it. Uh, so I would say um, look to build mutually beneficial relationships, and when looking to reach out cold, be succinct. That's great advice. I would also say my own personal on that is after the person that you want to reach out to gives you whatever advice or guidance, make sure that you follow up and just keep them abreast. Yep. That's one of the biggest things. It's like planting a seed. You invest in someone. You want to see where it's going. And like, to me, there's like no bigger disappointment than, hey, I invested, you know, an hour of my time and then someone trying to help them out. And then I never hear back from them again. Right. Exactly. So like literally just a 15 minute email, you know, carve it out, you know, once a quarter or whatever, just keep that person abreast. It can go a really long way of keeping that relationship warm. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. So obviously, um, you know, th this is great guidance. I really appreciate you, you sharing your time and, and, and your wisdom with us. Um, for folks who aren't familiar, how can folks find out more about you and follow you? Yeah. So you can follow me at Joshua Ogundu at Heart to Heart. Um, uh, so, well, Joshua Ogundu, you'll find me. I have Heart to Heart in my bio. Uh, so yeah, if you put in Joshua Ogundu, you can find me um, on Twitter. That's a good place to, to uh, follow me on. Um, also TikTok. My TikTok is Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley uh, on TikTok. So yeah, follow me on TikTok and follow me on Twitter. That'd be great. Awesome. I'll make sure we get in include links to both of those uh, here in the notes here. Cool, cool. Awesome. Appreciate it, Josh. I love Josh's suggestion of using signals. I think signals are the best way of understanding. Are you right? Are your assumptions right? Are you thinking about things the right way before you go out and bet the farm on something? So for example, let's say I wanted to go do podcasting full time or become a YouTuber. I wouldn't just make that jump without first testing the market and getting some signal. So for me, that would be, are the number of downloads increasing every week? Am I getting positive feedback from people reaching out, giving me a confirmation of these things uh, before I go out and, and bet the farm on it, right? Uh, and this is something that big companies do as well. Before they launch a product globally, they'll oftentimes create a pilot or a MVP, which is a minimally viable product which is just to say, what is the least I can do to confirm that I'm right before I go in and make a full investment on everything? So they may try it out in a specific market, a geographic area, or with a certain audience. And based on how that performs, then you roll it out you know, to everyone else. Um, some cases though, that may not ever be applicable and you may have to go out with um, you know, more faith in, in yourself than, than other times. Um, I think there's only so much things that you can do to de-risk in any scenario. Uh, but to the degree that you can use qualitative and quantitative feedback, you want to do that. Um, two books I would highly recommend checking out. The first is Thinking in Bets. It's by Annie Duke. She's a former professional poker player. And in this book, she talks about the parallels between playing poker, where you're dealt a set of cards. You don't have real control over what hand you're dealt but you do have to play them and using statistics and math in poker, she uses that same thing, same way of thinking to help make decisions in day-to-day -day life. Um, and the second book is Jump by Steve Harvey. And it's all about making that jump. Ultimately, you have to make a decision point from one place where you are in life to where you wanna go. And sometimes you gotta take that jump in faith. So two books that I highly recommend, uh, Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke, and Jump by Steve Harvey. Uh, I'll include both of those links, obviously, there in the show notes. And no matter where you are, remember, 
Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the I Wish I Knew podcast with Jonathan A. Graham. For more free resources in this episode's show notes, head over to jonathanagram.com.